On today's episode of Watch Time, we're going to be talking about some best practices that you should be using when creating videos for social media. Stick around. You're listening to Watch Time, supercharged video marketing tips for the savvy small business owner and the modern mid-market professional with Flex Media's Kathy Zip and Bill Barona. Hey everyone, welcome back to Watch Time. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different than some of our past episodes. I know we were interviewing some industry professionals and we were breaking some topics down together, but in today's episode, you're just going to have me and we're going to be talking about best practices for creating videos for social media. Now, there are a couple of reasons why I decided that I wanted to talk about this topic. One of the reasons is that there are a lot of people that are creating content right now with their downtime, and I thought that maybe having something out there that talked about the best practices, the ideal lengths for each platform might be useful. Now, I am gonna go ahead and tell you that I'm not gonna be giving you magic lengths for every platform. I get a lot of clients that they always want to know what the magic number is. How long should that video be on Facebook? Or what's the best length? What what length do I want for my website? We're not gonna be talking about that. There is no ideal length. So if you're gonna be hanging around to the end to hear what the perfect length is that'll get you the right amount of views every time, those don't exist. They're based on the content that you're creating. But I am going to give you some ranges, some best practices that Facebook and YouTube and Instagram likes to see uh, for their videos and their algorithm. The other reason I decided I really wanted to put this episode together was that I had an opportunity to present this topic at the 13th annual YouTube social media conference at Kent State. The conference was supposed to be in March, but uh, because of the coronavirus and how everything was getting canceled, it was moved back to April 24th. So I actually presented online and it was a great opportunity. I was honored to have a chance to present with uh, other known marketing experts like Robert Rose, who's the uh, chief strategy officer of the content advisory. He's also heavily involved in content marketing world. And um, they also had the Wendy's marketing team presenting. So if you're not familiar with uh, Wendy's fast food and what their marketing team is actually doing, they talked a lot about their uh, their Twitter feed and their going back and forth with different people and brands, as well as some of the innovative things that they're doing to try and engage their prospects and meet them where they actually are instead of giving them ads. But my video was one of a few presentations and it was neat because I was actually talking about video. Nobody else was really discussing that. So I thought I would bring that presentation to you on the podcast. We actually are planning on recording the presentation separately, and uh, you'll be able to see the slides in that, and we're going to have that up on our website for people to download. Once I get that together, I'll actually put a link in the show notes. It's not quite up yet, but a lot of what I'm going to be talking about in here, I'll be talking about in that presentation as well, but at least with the video, you'll be able to see the slides, and you might get a little bit more of an in-depth look. I'm kind of trying to save some time here. I don't want to make an hour and a half to two hour podcast. So without wasting any more time, let's jump into best practices for creating video for social media. So I'm going to start this presentation off the way I start most of my presentations off, whether they're educational or whether they're for a client or whether it's for consulting or just trying to help people understand video. And that's what the stat. And the stat that I start off with is from WireBuzz, and it's that viewers retain 95% of a message when they watch it in video compared to 10% when reading it in text. Now, there are a lot of video stats out there, and I know we talked about some of them in the first episode of Watch Time. I'm sure you've seen many in videos, in blog posts, in white papers. But if I could only have one stat for video, this is the stat. And this is 
the reason why I use it all the time. So what we're going to do is we're going to break this stat down a little bit just so you can really see why I like it so much and see why it's so important when it comes to video. So when you think about the fact that 95% of your message, when you put it in a video, is retained, that's powerful. And why is that powerful? Well, if you think about the fact that you're creating videos about your product, your service, educational content that might complement it, your viewer is walking away with remembering most of that video. Now, if you were to take the same information and put that information in a white paper or a blog post, they're only walking away with maybe a couple key concepts from it. So why is that important? Well, one, it's important because now your viewer understands your product or your service better. And now that they're more educated, they're going to be ready to buy from you. But there's actually two things that are positive about this. Once they buy from you and they've used your product or service and they've had a chance to see how great it is or get a great customer experience, they know enough about your product or service to become a salesperson and an advocate for your business. You're basically creating videos to help educate your consumer to sell, but you're also at the same time helping make them salesmen for you. So I think when you think about video, that's really just a powerful thing that it does. And, you know, the reality of it is that's not all videos. I feel like a lot of people see this stat and they think, I'll just put it in a video and throw it up on my social media or my website. And then boom, everyone's going to remember 95% of what I talked about. The reality of it is I feel like that's best case scenario. And why I say that's best case scenario, that's if you're doing everything that you should be doing to make that video successful, which actually brings me to what I believe is the first thing when you're trying to do best practices for creating videos for social media, and that's using a video strategy. Now, when I talk about video strategy, I really want to stress the fact that I believe that all videos should have a strategy. That's why I mentioned websites before. But when I talk to people about strategy and I tell them, you know, where do I start? Like a lot of people say, where do I start with strategy? What's the first thing I should do? And I always tell them that you want to think about what is the goal of your video? When you think about other content you're creating, you know, your blog posts, you're thinking about infographics, things like that, you have a goal. When you create that blog post or that infographic, you have a goal in mind. You know, what do you want your client to do? And the same thing should be going for your video. So when you, you know, do that selfie video and you put your earpods in and you're talking to your camera, there's nothing wrong with that. But start thinking about what the goal is of that video. Are you just getting on there to rant or are you going to try and direct them to do something? You know, are you trying to generate leads? Are you trying to sell a product? You know, are you trying to get people to go to your website? These are all things you want to start thinking about before you even press record. You also want to think about what platform your video is going to be viewed on. See, that's really important. I feel like a lot of people, they just create one piece of content and just share it to all the platforms. The problem with that is you want to make the content native for the platform, but you also want to think about the nuances that are involved in that platform. So if you're going to be making a video for Facebook and YouTube, I always recommend creating different intros and closings that maybe reference things that are specific to the platform. For example, if you're on YouTube, you're going to say, you know, make sure to check out this video. Maybe you point to where you're going to put the end card. And if you like the content you've seen here and you found it valuable, make sure to subscribe and click the bell so you get notified next time we put out new content. I mean, that wouldn't make sense on Facebook. If you were to put that up there, people would get confused because they'd say, well, what video? I can't click on anything and 
subscribe where? What bell? I don't, I don't understand. So that's something you want to start thinking about. And when I talk about the nuances too, think about why people are coming to that platform. You know, when people are on Facebook, they're engaging in social. They're not going to Facebook to look for answers. So that means that they're scrolling through their feed and there's no sound on. So that's a consideration that you want to start thinking about when you're creating videos for Facebook. If there's no sound and they can't hear me, do I want to have subtitles already in my video? Do I want to create titles so they can see in my video? There's maybe a title above me that talks about what it is and catches their eye and stops them from scrolling to at least watch, you know, the few minutes that I have in here, you know, versus YouTube, YouTube really, it's, it's the second largest search engine next to Google. Google owns it. So that means when you search on Google, you get results for YouTube. So people are going there to either binge content or learn. So that's going to change your approach a little bit. You know, you really want to think about that because, you know, if people are able to search your topic, you're not going to necessarily need to have them stop scrolling because YouTube's going to suggest it. They're going to go there. They're going to watch with the sound on and they don't need a title. They already see a title. So that's what I'm talking about when you're thinking about what platform will this video be viewed on. You really also want to think about who is your target market or your buyer's persona. Now, this is another topic that's really big and, and actually, and I forgot to mention too, with this whole strategy topic, this is a much bigger topic than we can cover in this podcast, but I will do a podcast on strategy and buyer's persona and target markets, kind of this, kind of similar, but a little different. They're going to be their own episode as well. My goal with this is just to really get you started so you can start making more effective social media videos, but also start applying these things to all your videos. You know, whether it's going on your website or you're sending in an email, these are all things that you should be thinking about. So let me jump back into the buyer's persona. So really, what is that? You know, I guess buyer's persona, the easiest way I can explain this is it's a fictional character of your ideal buyer. Now, HubSpot's got a whole section on their website where they actually have a buyer's persona builder. I recommend checking that out. Do a little research, Google it. We will cover it. But, uh, you know, if you're curious and you just want to start looking at it more, it's something that you really should get familiar with. Now, your target market's a little different. When I say target market, it's like not necessarily a fictional character. This is like, oh, we're, you know, we're targeting this to males 29 to 45 that like sports and you know like to go camping outside so that's kind of what that target market is but these are things that you really want to consider when you're creating your videos and the reason why i say that is because you definitely want to understand that person in order to create the message for them if i'm a you know if i'm a male 29 to 45 and i like camping then you might not want to gear a video towards me about maybe going to a resort when you're out in the wilderness. Maybe I don't want to be in a resort. Maybe I like to rough it. So that's not going to appeal to me. So if you put that video out there and then you target it to me, it's just not going to make sense. I'll look at that and go, yeah, you know what? I'm not, you know, I'm not here to glamp. I'm not here to stay in this hotel. I want to rough it. I'm a, you know, I'm a, you know, I'm a camper. So those are things that you really want to consider. That's why buyers personas and target markets are important. So make sure you're going through and thinking about that when you're creating strategy for your video. And that brings me to the next thing I think you should look at, and that's how do you measure success for your video? Now, this is something you definitely wanna do in the beginning. And the reason being is you wanna set yourself up for success, you don't wanna fail. So in order to do that, you wanna start looking at how many leads do I need to get if you're trying to capture leads? How many sales need to be made? You know, how many people do I want 
to view this? And then how much retention should I have? How long should people be watching? And those are things that you just want to start defining because if you wait till the end to define those, then you're not thinking about them when you're creating your script. And then you're, you're most likely going to fail when this is all said and done. So definitely start thinking about those things. You know, what does success look like to you? Another couple things you want to really consider in terms of the strategy, and this is more platform specific, and that's really, you know, start thinking about what age is on that platform. You know, what's the length that's allowed? Obviously, if you're creating a three-minute video and you want it to be in your Instagram newsfeed, but you don't want to put it on IGTV, well, that's not going to be able to happen because Instagram's only going to let you put a minute in the newsfeed without IGTV, so that wouldn't work. So start thinking about that length, average age, you know, what type of business do you have? Are you a visual business? Would Instagram make sense? Or are you maybe more of a B2B business and would LinkedIn make more sense for you? And then also, what's your objective? And what's the platform's objective? Now, this is one thing you really want to think about. I feel like a lot of people don't think of this. Social media is a business. So Facebook is a business, Google is a business. And I know everyone's probably saying, oh, I know that. Yeah, I know that too. But when I first started thinking about this, you know, this was some years ago, I started putting this together and it made sense. When you drive people off the social media platform, what you're essentially doing is you're making them leave, you know, a business. Facebook wants to keep them there. YouTube wants to keep them there. You know, your goal is I want to take this person and you're trying to get them over to your website. So start thinking about creative ways how you can convert people to be leads on that channel. So for example, on Facebook, you have an opportunity to add Facebook Messenger to your post. So maybe instead of driving people off Facebook to your website, say, hey, do you wanna learn more? Message us below, let us know that, you know, let us know what you wanna learn and then we can send you messages. Now you can take that person and you can send them to your website when you're talking to them and not from your post and then Facebook will continue to push your post because people are interacting with it, people are watching it, people are sharing it and they're not checking out your post and then leaving Facebook. So make sure you're taking that into consideration. Also start thinking about what tools are available within the platform when you're creating your videos. I feel like a lot of people don't do this, especially when it comes to YouTube. You know, you have an opportunity on YouTube to use thumbnails and use tags creatively, titles to rank and search. You also have the ability to add end cards where you can suggest videos or suggest other people's channels. So how is that going to play into your overall production of the video and your actual strategy? Well, think about on that channel, can you run ads? Is this an ad that you want to put on a channel or is it something that maybe it starts off as a video and you want to eventually turn it into an ad? Do you have the ability to go live? on that platform, these are all things that you wanna start thinking about because maybe they all play creatively into your video strategy. Maybe it's not just one video, maybe it's a couple of videos. Maybe you're putting a video together that's going to air on Facebook and you're going to also go live later in the day and this video is kind of like warming people up to your live. Another thing you wanna consider is if you are established on that platform already. So when you're deciding, should I post to Facebook? Should I post to Instagram? Should I post to YouTube, LinkedIn? Start thinking about how many followers you have and whether or not that platform is the best place to post that content. So if you have a thousand followers on Facebook and only 50 followers on Instagram, I'm not telling you don't post on Instagram. You definitely could post in both places, but it would might make more sense for you to post on Facebook instead of on Instagram if you could only choose one channel to create a video for. Also, you wanna think about becoming an early adopter of a platform. There is a great opportunity right now with TikTok. 
a lot of people are not using it as much as they could be. A lot of people think that it's really just a platform for a younger generation. And they're there. The younger generation's there. Don't get me wrong. But there's also a variety of ages there. And there are a lot of people seeing business success with TikTok. So definitely jump in there and give it a shot. Becoming an early adopter is a great way to get content out and get organic push from the channel because they want more people to come and try it. And it'll actually help your business and you'll be helping the platform out at the same time. So now that we've talked a little bit about strategy, let's start talking about scripting and creating some content. A lot of people want to jump to scripting right away. I need to make a video. Let's write a script. And that's not the case. That's why I started with strategy in this podcast. That's why my presentation with you too started with strategy. And that's why the presentation we're putting together that's going to be on our website will start with strategy. You always need to start with the strategy first before you write anything, before you press record, and before you post anything. You have to have a solid strategy. I know that it's going to be very tempting to just hit record and just start recording the video and just figure it out You know when you're editing it. You know, if you're a video production professional, you know that's called fixing it in post. And every time I work with anyone, they go, we'll just fix it in post. I just cringe. The reality of it is you need to have that strategy and that script writing in place because basically if you just go and shoot something right away and just throw it out there, it's going to be hard for your audience to connect with it. So just try and resist that urge and make sure now that you have the strategy, let's jump into our script writing. So with script writing, you want to make sure to tell a story. You know, just don't create stuff. I feel like a lot of people let storytelling principles go out the window. And I know what you might be thinking, and I feel like a lot of businesses think this way. Well, I'm selling a product or I'm trying to show off my service. There's no story that I'm telling. There's always a story. And one way to look at this is in the most basic way, have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Now, that's the most basic way to create a story. But there are other tips and tricks that you can kind of use to make that work to your advantage. For example, I use a hook. I use it when I'm creating quick tip videos, if you've seen those on LinkedIn or Facebook. And even with this podcast, I'll use a hook to try and tease people to get them to you know, want to listen to the rest or watch the rest. This is kind of giving you a, a little insight into what you're going to learn if you stick around. Also consider using good visuals, maybe something that's visually interesting where somebody sees something and they go, what is that? I have to figure out you know, what that is or how does that work or what are they trying to show me? So you kind of tease people and show them you know, little bits and pieces until you get to the main thing. And all these things are creating intrigue for your viewer. So I always say, think Netflix. You know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of the uh, Marvel shows on Netflix. I really like Daredevil. And I would find myself sitting down and watching the show and when the show would end you know you'd be like oh my gosh what happens and then all of a sudden netflix would roll right into the next show and they didn't just roll into the next show and have an intro they had a hook they would kind of tease the show you you know you're already kind of like at this point where like i don't know what's going to happen and then they show you a little bit of what happens and they tease you a little bit more so like maybe this one thing gets resolved but then it opens up two more questions and then it goes to the intro and there's been many nights when they've released these new seasons that I'll sit down, I'll go, okay, it's 10 o'clock, I got some work I got to do tomorrow morning, I want to get up early, so I'm going to watch one episode. And then the next thing I know, it's 3 a.m. and I'm just binging episode after episode because they've hooked me and they've pulled me in. So think Netflix when you're thinking about how do I engage my viewer. You also want to use emotion and try and connect. You know, when you're, when you think about that buyer's persona or that target market, try connecting with that person. You know, what emotionally would appeal to them and what would help them connect? Like when you're writing your script, what, what could you say that would help them connect with your product or service? 
And then, you know, the basic storytelling principles I, I mentioned the beginning, the middle, and the end, but there's also advanced principles. One thing I recommend checking out is uh, the book called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. He also has a podcast too. I think it's the Story Brand Podcast. And, you know, listen to that, check out the book, and he talks about the seven principles of storytelling and how that they're, they're in Hollywood movies. And, you know, like Shakespeare said, every story that ever could be written was written back in his time. And, you know, Donald Miller kind of talks about that and how all these principles are the same. And you can really tell, like, you know, once you read this book, it'll kind of ruin movies for you a little bit because you'll really be able to tell how the movie's going to end. But all those principles can be put into not just video, but it can be put into your website. It can be put into your writing. So check out his book or at least, you know, Google those uh, storytelling principles and start learning more about them and then implementing them into your video. You also don't want to forget about your customer's buying journey. So when we talked about that buyer's persona, you have that perfect avatar. Think about how that avatar is going to go through their buyer's journey. You know, those phases of awareness, consideration, and decision-making, you know, and make, and really work that into your script writing. You know, is this a video that is for the awareness phase? Are they just, you know, starting to learn about your product and, and maybe the, you know, solution that you offer? Or is it in the consideration phase? Maybe they already know about your product and you need to give them a little bit more of a deep dive into you know, what makes you different from your competitors. Or maybe they're in the decision phase where they already have made the decision on your product, but maybe they need more of like an FAQ style video where you're answering those commonly asked questions about your product. So keeping those things in mind will also be part of your script writing. And then outside of like product, just product videos and um, explainer videos, you might decide to use a testimonial video um, where you're going to interview somebody. So there, in my opinion, there are two types of testimonials. A lot of people will only say that there's one type, the hero's journey, but I look at the other type of testimonial, which I just call basic testimonial when I talk to my clients. So just to break these two down for you, the hero's journey testimonial. Now, Donald Miller will actually talk about this in his book, and that's basically where your video is going to be all about the person who's giving your testimonial. So really, what's going to happen is they're the hero of your story, not your product, not your service. They are. And your product and service is going to be positioned as the guide in their story. So it's the thing that kind of gives them a little nudge to help them succeed and achieve their goals. So that's the hero's journey. You're telling this person's story, you're making them the hero, and your brand is the thing that kind of gave them the little push they needed to just be able to go and, and win. And then when I tell people a standard testimonial, this is kind of what you see a lot of online. And this is basically where you'll ask people questions about, you know, how did you find this brand? You know, what did you like best about the product? You know, why did you, why would you recommend this product or service? And I know that that's really not the popular opinion to use for a testimonial. It doesn't meet, you know, everything that we're, we've been talking about in terms of making this video about your client and not your brand. But I do see uses for those testimonials. If you're putting together an explainer video and you're talking in this explainer video about your company and just, you know, what you guys offer, it might be nice to have a testimonial from somebody who is a client. So like when you say we offer XYZ and we offer it at an affordable price, this way our clients can be able to afford the product and use it to make their lives easier. Then you have a client that comes on and says, I buy product XYZ and I love having the product. It makes my life easier. I wouldn't be able to afford to do this without it. And because of that, it's been you know instrumental in helping me grow my business. And it's kind of like the, uh, you know, 
know, the show and tell. So basically you're showing this information and saying, here's what we have. And then now you have a customer who's telling you. So I wouldn't necessarily make those testimonials stand alone by themselves, but that's one script writing technique that you'd want to look at. But like I said, remember, it's not about you or your client's company if you're a marketer. It's about the person who's actually watching the video. It's your client. You know, it's, it's the person who's going to be buying from you. That's who this video is for. So make sure you're designing a video with them in mind. Nobody wants to watch a video all about you. Okay, so we talked about strategy, which was the first step in how to create your video. So now that you have the strategy in place, we talked about script writing and how you want to tell a story. So you have a script in place. So now the next step would be production. So we're not going to talk about production or post-production in this podcast. That's a much broader topic. And I want to focus more on the different social media channels and the different ways to start the video. I recommend going back and listening to our last podcast where we talked to Valerie Garrett and she gave us some tips on how to make your cell phone video more cinematic. That's a great place to start. I also recommend checking out uh, Sean Cannell's channel, Think Media. He's got some nice tips on there on how to create videos. Like I said, we are going to talk more about that, but I want to get more into these best practices per platform. So after you've come up with your strategy and written your script, here's some different things per platform that you want to start thinking about. So we're going to start with Facebook. So the thing about Facebook you want to think about is think about, like I said earlier, how that platform works. People are there as a social network to comment, check out what other people are doing, and they're going through a news feed. So that being said, nobody wants to sit back and watch a 15 to 20 minute video on Facebook. They're checking their Facebook real quick. So an ideal video length for Facebook based on what Facebook says, is around three to five minutes. And actually, if you upload a video to Facebook and it's under three minutes when you go to upload it, it'll actually tell you that videos that are over three minutes perform better on Facebook. So try making a video around three to five minutes and make sure you front load your message in order to get the main point out in the first 10 to 15 seconds. So that's a little different than the hook. You still want to hook people in. But when you use a hook, make sure you're giving them enough information to kind of get the gist of what they're going to get out of your video. Don't give everything away, but make sure you hook them in and say, we're going to talk about three concepts on whatever this is or two concepts. And then another little trick with this is tell them, make sure to stick around to the end because I'm going to give you guys a special tip or I'm going to give away something special that you have to make sure you stick around in order to get. And that's a great way to keep people in the video for the total time. Now make sure you're still creating native content for the platform. Like I said earlier, try and get people to direct message you. You know, you're on Facebook, follow our page. Don't tell them to subscribe, you know, follow our page, direct message us, things like that. And I recommend using subtitles and titles to try and stop the scroll. So having a title at the top of the screen and then using subtitles at the bottom. So this way, you know, their most people, their volumes off so they can see the actual text and then they can decide whether they're going to keep reading it or maybe they're going to flip their volume on. There are a couple people to check out that do this regularly that can give you some inspiration. One person's Todd Hartley from Video Marketing Mastery. He does this on LinkedIn very well. Another person to check out is Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. And actually Ben's got some really cool videos on his YouTube channel that talks about how to use Canva and how to use a online platform called Quick to create subtitles. And I actually use Quick and I think it's a great platform. What's nice is you can either do a monthly subscription or you can buy per minute. I think it's a minimum of five minutes. So that's kind of neat because let's say you want to maybe do one video this month and two videos next month. You could just buy the time that you need. 
But those are some things to consider when you're thinking about using subtitles and titles. And I'll link to uh, Ben's YouTube channel in the show notes. That way you can check it out. So next we'll talk about Instagram. So with Instagram, you got to remember that if the video is going to be native inside the newsfeed and you're not using IGTV, your length is up to a minute. So if it's over a minute, Instagram's going to give you the option to put it in IGTV. So the reason why you might want to consider this is if you're creating a video in the Instagram square, then you want to use the one minute. If you're creating it vertical or horizontal, you want to use IGTV because it's going to change how you actually create your video in the post-production phase or even how you shoot it if you decide to shoot it vertical. So with Instagram, you want to make sure you simplify your message. Make it like a quick tip video. I recommend doing something like, you know, in the next minute, I'm going to give you two tips on how you can do this. And this way people know, oh, I'm going to get two tips on whatever it may be, how to use YouTube, you know how to cook a steak, how to, you know, go to the gas station and fill up your tire. I'm going to give you two tips on how to do that easily. So making them these quick tip videos, people know that they can stick around. Hey, I'm going to get these two tips. Um, you're also limited in Instagram by use of links. So that's one thing to keep in mind. So you can't really link anything in your description. You have to tell people, you know, link in bio, unless you're an IGTV, which I'll talk about that in a second. One great thing, though, about Instagram is you are more discoverable by hashtags. If you use hashtags on Facebook, you're not as discoverable, but people are actually following hashtags on Instagram. So that's one great way to get your video seen. Now, with IGTV, one thing you want to think about is creating similar content to YouTube in that you want to be content that's a little more bingeable and maybe a little bit more longer. Because if people are going to IGTV, they'll get a preview in their newsfeed. If they click to continue watching, it'll take them to IGTV and they can automatically go back after. So people are choosing to go there and watch your content. So that's one thing to remember. But you definitely want to front load your message, like I said before, with that hook and get people to watch the whole thing. So make sure your IGTV videos are on brand if you have a brand account and make sure that they match up with your actual photos that you're putting in because you will get that preview. Another thing too you want to think about is there's actually two new updates to Instagram TV. We actually did a podcast on them. If you want, go back and check them out. I think it's about two or three episodes ago. It's a quick 15-minute podcast with just me going over these two new updates. They're great things to keep in mind and they can help you with your video marketing. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about YouTube. So with YouTube, your ideal video length is about five to seven minutes. Now, even though I say it's five to seven minutes, you'll see when you go to YouTube, there are a lot of creators that have... 15 minute videos, 20 minute videos. The reason I say five to seven is start with that if you haven't created any content. Now, obviously, if your video requires more than five to seven minutes to explain, that's fine. But if you're creating content for the first time, try creating some shorter videos to try and get people used to your style. And as time goes on, you actually build up your YouTube channel, then you can start to increase the length of those videos. Now with those videos, you still wanna use a hook. And if you haven't noticed here, I constantly say, Use a hook, use a hook, use a hook, because it's a great way to tease the beginning of your video and get people to come in and watch the whole thing. And this is another great place to use that ending trick that I talked about in Facebook. Make sure to stick around to the end because I'm going to give you a special offer or stick around to the end because I'm going to talk about one bonus use for this. So using things like that will help people just kind of stay engaged and watch the whole video because with YouTube, you want higher watch time and you want more retention. Watch time in general is going to actually influence how the algorithm works in terms of pushing your content organically. 
Which brings me to creating bingeable content like we talked about earlier. Using those storytelling principles, you know, being like Netflix. You want to think about how can I take this piece of content and maybe it ties into two or three other pieces of content that I've, you know, I've written and put together. So for example, let's say you know we do a video on the podcast that we're currently doing right now. So I've talked about strategy, I've talked about storytelling principles, now I'm talking about best practices. All three of these things could be their own video. And then I could do a fourth video that's an overview where I talk about the three things that I say are most important when you're creating videos for social media. And then I would say, these are the three things, and you should check out the videos that I have that go more in depth on these. And then you would link those videos. So think about that Netflix experience. You also wanna start thinking about the thumbnails and titles and tags like we had talked about before. Thumbnails play a huge role in YouTube. You actually need to start thinking about your titles and your tags prior to even creating your video. So start doing some searches and seeing what's actually on trend if you wanna create a video that ranks in search. And then you wanna make sure you're thinking about your thumbnail too. What can you do to get people to stop searching and actually click on your video? Think of it kind of like a little preview to your video. It's like your movie poster. And of course, one thing you want to remember too is if your channel has a specific goal, your business has a specific goal, make sure your video relates back to your channel and your business. And I bring this up because let's say, for example, you create products for cars and your video is all about fixing up cars and you talk about your products. Well, you wouldn't just go and make a cooking video and then put, post it on your channel because it doesn't relate to what you're doing. So make sure everything you're posting relates back to your brand, relates back to your channel, because if you don't do that, it confuses YouTube and it'll actually hurt your chances of getting picked up by the algorithm. The next best practice I want to talk about is LinkedIn. Ideal video length on LinkedIn is around 30 to 90 seconds. LinkedIn is still kind of in its infancy with video, but you wanna remember that it's a professional platform. So professional and educational content does really well on LinkedIn. Also, the sound is off when you're scrolling through the newsfeed. So this is another place where you wanna use a hook to hook people into your video, and you might wanna consider using titles and subtitles to try and get people to stop scrolling and watch your video. One thing too that you should really look into is applying for your LinkedIn Live if you haven't done so already. LinkedIn is allowing people to start going live, and that's a great way to get people to start watching your videos. Because anytime somebody goes live that I follow, I get a notification from LinkedIn. It'll actually push something to my phone and it'll say, so-and-so is going live right now. So that's a great way to try and engage your audience and get them to start watching your video. And finally, I wanna talk a little bit about TikTok because it is such a hot topic right now. So we do plan on doing a podcast all on TikTok and I'm going to encourage you to do some research and start looking at social media examiner and just also start looking at some key influencers and see how they're using TikTok for business because I think you'll really be impressed. There are a large number of Generation Z users on the platform. However, there are all age groups across the platform. And with that platform, you're restricted from 15 second to 60 second videos that you can create. But I'm going to tell you, why don't you try creating some evergreen content that revolve around your brand and be helpful because you have a potential on this platform to go micro viral. And what I mean by micro viral basically is that it's, you know, people think of viral as being a viral video is creating all these views, but you could create a piece of content on TikTok and you can actually link other social medias to it. So you can end up with, you know, tens to 20,000s of views on a subject and people can actually go to your page and start following you, but you can also get 
additional follows or subscriptions on your other social media channels by doing that. And if you don't think your industry is on TikTok, go on there, grab a hashtag that is associated with your industry, throw it in the search, and see how many videos are actually being viewed on there. For example, with this podcast, we talk about video marketing. So a couple weeks ago, I searched hashtag video marketing just to see how many views were on there. And there were 4.1 million views on videos that just had the hashtag, hashtag video marketing. So make sure you check it out and see. I think you'll be surprised to see how useful TikTok actually is for your business. Don't discount it. It's not just for dancing. It's not just for Generation Z. There's a lot of opportunity. You can become an early adopter and you can really start making a name for yourself. Many people already have been doing that. Okay, so just to recap, because I know I've thrown a lot at you in this podcast, we were talking about the things that you need to start considering before you create your content. So really, this is things that you want to think about before you press record. So we talked about strategy. So we talked about you know identifying who your customer is that you're talking to, what do you want that customer to do, and what metrics should you be considering looking at to determine whether or not you've been successful. We talked about script writing, the importance of telling a story, we talked about the importance of engaging your audience and making sure you're not creating content just to create content, that everything actually flows together, the strategy and the script. And we talked about best practices for some different platforms. We talked about you know each platform consideration, like for example, is this going to be in a news feed? Are people searching this? We talked about whether or not you should use subtitles or titles. We talked about whether you just start thinking about titles and tags or maybe putting a thumbnail on your video and how that plays into everything. So these are all things you want to start thinking about before you press record. After you've thought these things through and started putting a script together, now's the time to press record and start shooting and editing your video. Now, I'm not going to go in depth on shooting. Now, I'm not going to go into shooting and editing. That's a podcast all of itself. Here's what I will tell you, though. We just published a podcast with Valerie Garrett where she gave some tips on how to get cinematic video using your cell phone. So go check that out. But if you are looking for somebody else to go get some more information on on production, I'm going to recommend you go check out Sean Cannell's YouTube channel, Think Media. He does a great job at helping to get people started with creating YouTube videos, and all of those principles will apply across the board for creating video for social media. Also, check out YouTube Creator Academy if you're kind of curious on some ways to write scripts or maybe even if you are using YouTube, how you can use YouTube more successfully. They do a great job with explaining that. And if you want to get the video on this topic once it's completed, that way you can see me go a little more in depth, check out the slides that I've created and even get some of the links that I've been talking about, then go to our show notes and sign up for our newsletter Flexology. Because once the video is completed, we're actually going to release it to our newsletter first. It's just a thank you to people that are following us so they can get the information before we put it on our site. Hopefully you found this episode helpful. If you're getting a lot of value out of what we're doing, uh, please subscribe to our channel. But also, you know, leave a review for us. Let us know. Let us know if we're doing good. You know, if there's things that you want changed, let me know. And if you have an idea for a topic, please feel free to email us info at flexmediacle.com. Or just send us a DM on social media. We'd love to get your ideas. We'd love to answer your questions on here. You know, we appreciate you guys for listening. Also, tell me if this is something you liked. I know Kathy and I, we're still going to continue to do these episodes where we talk to each other and we try to break topics down. We're still going to be interviewing some people. We have some really cool stuff lined up um, with some industry professionals uh, in the next couple weeks. But I definitely want to know if you enjoy just having me on here and talking about a topic like this. So until next time, I'll talk to you guys later. 
Thanks for listening to Watch Time. Make sure to subscribe and share the podcast and leave us feedback on today's episode. That's a wrap.